welcome to the Neil World Order Podcast, coming to you on a Sunday night in the midst of some manic moves and drowsy dreams. Lyrical genius from the blue-eyed soul of Daryl Hall and John Oates. Pretty stoked. Last night I finally got to see them in concert. Uh, it got canceled last year, so they, you know, with their, like everything else, it was rescheduled for this year. Um... They're one of my favorites. This was like one of my bucket list kind of things to go see in concert. Um, you know, Daryl Hall, always, I always thought had an amazing voice. And I think, you know, their music kind of reminds me of being younger and just the videos and hearing it around the house. Um, you know, I guess the unfortunate part is um, the, the show was disappointing. Um, it was cool to say I saw them, you know, and they played all the hits and that. But, you know, you, we started thinking, Daryl Hall is 74 years old. John Oates is 72. You know, these guys formed in 1970. That was 50 years ago. That that That's insane. Um, you know, so obviously time takes its toll. Uh, Daryl Hall was having some equipment issues with his uh, monitor. Seemed to be fighting with the uh, mixer guy all night. Um they're notably the uh, most successful duo in rock history. Um, they sold over 40 million albums. They've amassed over 100 million in sales, seven platinum albums, six number one singles, Rich Girl, Kiss on My List, Private Eyes, I Can't Go For That, Maneater, and my personal favorite, Out of Touch, which I took a live video of. They, it was like the second song they played. They opened with Maneater. Um, and it just... Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm happy, and it was it was a great night. I mean, the weather turned, and it wasn't 400 degrees. In between, the cool thing was uh, we had like bleacher seats, and they were like middle, you know, center of the bleachers. Actually, we're no the way the the length of the bleachers went. There was no one in front of us, and they were pretty good. The the American Ampeth, American Family Insurance, Ampeth, it's it's not real big, but uh, so in between, Squeeze was the opening band, like the Tempted by the Fruit of Another band. And they had some other songs which I recognized when they were playing. They actually sounded really good. I just thought all their songs sounded the same. Um, we just went up uh, into the lawn area, and we were just walking around, you know, because you can see Lake Michigan from there. One of the security people comes by, and they're like, you know, Section 101 going once. Go, and I was like, wait, for free? So we got four tickets to move all the way up to, like, the 20th row, which was kind of cool. I've always had friends and people tell me stories about when they go to concerts and, you know, they have nosebleed seats and somebody gives them, like, front row tickets or whatever, but it was really cool. So we moved up there, and, we, you know, we were up there before Hall & Oates came out, and um, it was pretty kick-ass. pretty kick ass. I mean, you know, they played all the hits. You know, we heard She's Gone, Sarah Smile, Say It Isn't So, um... You know, some of the 70s stuff as well. Um, you know, they kind of have, for those of you who don't know, Hall & Oates is kind of like a combined rock, soul, blues. Um, they just kind of appealed to a mass audience. I think they uh, were, you know, very into harmonies. Um, you know, I think their success is because they appealed to so many people. Um, they were inducted in the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2003, and I believe Daryl Hall's written tons of songs for other people as well. Um, and then 2014, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, as I mentioned, they're, the dude, they're still touring. Last year, the concert was actually sold out when we got our tickets. I mean, you know, we had tickets, but then it sold out. Um, you know, obviously, last night, there were, 
they were I think they were just trying to move people down a bit closer and closer to fill it up which is unfortunate with everything you know because we pretty much went in with our tickets from last year so you know people either took refunds held on to their tickets you know some people aren't going to concerts I think there's some mix-up too um, like it's on the Summerfest grounds but the, the American Family Amphitheater is like its own thing and they're not requiring masks or vaccine paperwork uh, the Summerfest grounds is which they're gonna is gonna kill their bottom line and they're gonna see it because nothing woke like that ever fiscally achieves anything but um, yeah as I mentioned they're still touring out uh, touring and stuff uh, in 2007 Daryl Hall launched a web series called uh, Live from Daryl's House. It's the coolest show. Um, it features like Daryl Hall and his band. They welcome other artists uh, that come on. Uh, Joe Walsh has been on there. Gavin DeGraw, Tommy Shaw, CeeLo Green, Jace, Jason Mraz, Rob Thomas, Ben Folds, uh, Billy Gibbons from uh, ZZ Top, Cheap Trick has been on there. Like Smokey Robinson, like everyone. They and they, you know, they do all these different arrangements of each other's songs and play together, and they share stories. You know, they have a meal. Um, Darius Rocker was on there. Um, it's a 30-minute show. I think it still airs on Access, and I know you can find a ton of the episodes on YouTube, but it's it's a really cool show. I think that's what's always kind of kept uh, them relevant. You know, as well as their music, it's featured in all kinds of... Uh, songs i mean you make my dreams come true is featured in all kinds of movies commercials it's all over tiktok um but yeah it was cool to go i i don't regret going you know it was disappointing it it is what it is you know it was a little humid so sometimes you know maybe the machine stuff doesn't work and these guys you know were off a year um but yeah you know if you're a younger person maybe you've never heard of hall and oats check them out um I, I bet if you don't know who they are by me saying it, when you listen to some of their songs, you're going to realize you just didn't know that was them. They're um, also one of Scott's favorite bands, too. Um, I think that was one of the first things Scott and I bonded over <laughs> way back in the day, which was like, wow, 1997 is when Scott and I met. How crazy is that? Anyways, um, so apparently the... Um, FDA approved one of the Pfizer vaccines for COVID, but um, there's probably some information left out of the story that you don't know about. They were given an emergency approval, which isn't like a real approval based on s successful studies and everything else, and it's most likely been paid for. That's how they do these things. Um, the CEO of Pfizer four years ago was the head of the FDA. That's a fact. Look it up. Um, and Fauci's wife also works for the FB FDA. She's not in the Department of Approving, but just so you know where everything is. Um, but based on this approval, there's contingencies. They're required to do testing and have it complete by October of 2025 on the effects of the vaccine causing myocarditis and pericarditis, whatever, I can't read the word. I mean, think about that. They're not required to have the amount of testing usually required for an FDA approval done for four or more years. And I mean, a lot can happen in four years. I mean, look at 2017 and look at today. It's like we're living in two different worlds. I rest my case. You know, 
also the F FDA also approved fentanyl and all kinds of other you can go down the list of things they've been approved and no other pharmacy company has paid out more in lawsuits and uh, claims for harm done to people who have taken their products than Pfizer that's also a fact uh, the myocarditis is one of the main issues that has been associated with the vaccine technology going back to its infant stages with rabbits and dogs you know, myo it, the myocarditis weakens your heart. It can lead to heart failure and at times sudden death, which has happened in people that have taken the vaccine. Um, you know, would you willingly put something into your body that has the potential to cause that, considering it's an experimental med to fight off a virus that still has a 99.75% survival rate? You know, the pericarditis is the lesser of the two issues. I guess if you want to put it that way, uh, it causes some swelling around the heart, resulting in sharp pains, can lead to heart attacks if left untreated, but it's often treated with antibiotics and worst case scenario surgery, but once again, why take the risk? And, and I'm legitim legitimately asking, like, I, I don't get it. You know, I don't owe the general public shit. There's no reason I'm going to put myself at risk for what, just to possibly save some asshole who wants a pat on the back and votes liberal? Yeah, I'm good. We can defuse, we can, we could afford to lose a few of them or a lot of them. And yeah, I said that and I don't take it back. The approval continues with other stipulations requiring research studies completed by as late as December of 2026 on the effects of the vaccine on the heart and the issues it could and has caused long-term, short-term, immediately. Like, that's that's crazy. So think about that. Every time they're urging you to run out and get another booster, you're just increasing your odds of having one of these side effects. You know, people are like, oh, the, the, the same people who will tell you, well, the chances of that are so rare. Yeah, the, just like the chances of you dying from COVID are that rare, but like they don't see, see it. They just don't, you know, and as time goes forward, you know, are, are you going to be willing to subject your children to this? I was watching some, uh, stories on social media today where people are like all proud to put their kids in the, like, like seriously, like 40, my 49 million children have already recovered from this. That's like an eighth of the population that had it and were fine. There's, this has hardly had any effect on young people that didn't already have some kind of extenuating circumstance as far as health. Uh, you know, and if you're all for your kids getting this, you know, maybe consider giving your kids away to better homes, you know, or to better people anyway. The emergency approval, in all honesty, it's just a gateway to enforce mandates or vaccine passports wherever they can. I mean, from the government employees to you're seeing it in hospital chains, schools, uh, everyone and anything. And if we continue to submit control over our lives, we're never going to get it back. And I'm not one of these, like, buck the system kind of, I mean, I, I don't have a problem challenging authority when I think it's stupid. But I understand there has to be, you know, you, you can't have more chiefs than Indians or more Indians than chiefs. You just can't. But there's never been a point in history where people who fought to control more ever reached a point where, one, they thought they had enough control, or two, they were like, okay, hey, we're going to rescind some of this and give you some of this freedom back. That, that's not how it works. That's never how it's worked. You know, and 
the crazy part is, I sometimes I get to thinking, I know it's crazy that I actually think, but seriously, my mind will wander, uh, you know, when I'm door dashing or just doing something, uh, I have some time to myself, I'm mowing or taking a dump, whatever. Um, I, I always try to look at the whys and hows of things, you know, uh, and events. And, you know, I always say everything happens for a reason. You know, and I thought to myself, what if I wanted to bring down the greatest country in the world and just bring it to its knees? How would I do it? Well, first you have to look at how many people you're dealing with, right? Because that's like an opposition in theory. So 327 million or so, give or take, you know, how many people died today that they said from COVID. That's a lot of opposition. Well, so you take that that group of people and you start dividing those people. You know, you use race, religion, social status, economics, anything you can to create division through unity. You take all these different groups and unite them, but divide them from the big group as a whole because they're into these little cliques and sects and yada yada. Um, and you get all these people to start fighting amongst each other. You know, and you push their fighting, you sell them narratives on TV, in the papers, literally everywhere. It's programmed in everything they see on television. Okay, case in point, I don't know if anyone watches The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's kind of set in like post-apocalyptic, so there's no real reason to deal with any of the bullshit social justice warrior shit that goes on like every other show does. So they're in this subway and they just happen to walk over a sign that says racism will not be tolerated in America. Like they're in the fucking apocalypse and they're trying to sell us this shit. Like the show's about killing zombies and not dying. But anyways, um, so back to what I was saying. So then you create fear and panic, you know, something like COVID. You use it as a tool to further divide people. But then you put the blame in politics, ideology, religion, racism, etc., and you push, you push, you make people feel threatened. You try and control them at the same time. And then eventually, as much as you, you're trying to control them, you want them to push back. You know, you want them to fight. And, you know, and that day is probably coming soon. And then one side or group annihilates the other. And that that's what would happen. Then there's systems in place, you know, and they're more than likely toppled. There's, there's confusion and there's probably tons of violence. So then all this is going on, and while that happens, maybe another enemy, the real enemy, sweeps in, and where does that leave us? You know, like I said, sometimes I wonder, everything's just a big distraction leading us to slaughter. It's totally morbid, a bit frightening, based on absolutely no facts, just a place my mind goes, and how often, and how, you know, I often interpret all the things that I see and hear and digest and... Maybe I have an active imagination. Maybe I'm clairvoyant. I, I don't know. So be it. Um, you know what's interesting? I'm totally going off script here. Back in the uh, 90s, some of my peeps that were around in high school remember this. Do you ever remember the movie? There was a movie with Christian Slater called Pump Up the Volume, which I guess subconsciously I realized I based a lot of how I do this off of. He was like a pirate. DJ had his own like ham radio equipment and he just hacked airwaves and he'd talk to kids about, you know, high school kids about stuff they weren't talking about, maybe things the adults were on talk about. He'd like pretend to like jerk off on the air. He'd, you know, he'd be like, oh, 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 
Yeah, that just happened on the show. That's an homage to Happy Harry Hardon from Pump Up the Volume. But yeah, anyways, and it just becomes like this big to-do, um, great movie. He used to always be like, eh, so be it. But um, great movie. If you get a chance, watch Pump Up the Volume. But I, I honestly don't know. why. I think the other day I was thinking about some of the stuff I say and do, and I was like, wow, yeah, this is very, you know. Like I said, he was playing music and stuff too, where this is just me talking maybe this will uh end up being a radio gig somewhere <laughs> i doubt it because i probably cross a lot of lines line becomes a dot you know and i do my own thing and I, I couldn't do this in a position where people could tell me what i can say or who i can address or whatever so anyways every day we're trapped in this like what's next phase i mean we really are if you think about it it almost seems like a circle i mean we're back to masks with the addition of pushing the silly vaccine mandates on top of it the mandates honestly don't really mean anything, you know, and, and I say this to people all the time that are frustrated with their employers or with the things going on. It's like people are only allowed the power we give them. And I'm not saying you just rise up about everything, but like if somebody tells you what to do and you listen, you chose to listen to it. You chose to adhere. Just don't do it. If everyone just says no. It ends. I say that all the time. Um, you know, and I, I personally, I'm guessing it won't be long before everything is locked down again, even though really there's no reason for it. Um, the government needs the fear. They need the control. You know, at least through the 2022 midterms or, I don't know, maybe this hurricane's bailing them out now as a distraction from uh, Afghanistan. So, uh our thoughts are with everybody down there in Louisiana. It looks like it's going to be a bad one. I'll, I'll admit I haven't turned on the weather channel. But um, I'm guessing things went from bad to worse when Joe Biden went down there. Uh, maybe he'll wander out into the hurricane. We'll get lucky. Um, but, yeah, you know, is everything just a, maybe Afghanistan was a distraction. It's terrible if it is. But, um Considering, you know, 12 U.S., uh, 12 or it might 13 U.S. Marines were killed in Afghanistan, um, you know, as well as countless Afghani citizens, which we'll probably never get a number on. We hadn't lost a Marine in quite some time over there. And through the derelict actions of Biden and his administration, 12 people died, you know, because they were just left there to battle an enemy, fighting them with their own weapons, their own equipment. Uh, that probably had better leadership, unfortunately, than our military did at the time on the ground there. There were two separate bombings that took place that resulted in the, you know, all this loss of life. On top of it, it, this is a fact that Joe Biden and his administration released to the Taliban the names of U.S. citizens still in Afghanistan as well as the names of Afghanistan citizens who were helping and aiding the U.S. on the ground there, which practically ensured their death. It's borderline treason, um, you know, but there's silence. You know, this, this fucking dementia patient had 81 million people vote for him, supposedly. I'm not hearing anything. That's the quietest group of people I've ever heard in my life. I mean, they sure made a lot of noise when they were burning auto zones and looting targets. But now, you know, 
George Floyd gets celebrated like a hero when he was nothing but a two-bit piece of trash criminal. We lose some Marines, some of the best, you know, I think the oldest one being 30, average age being around 22, 23 of the men and women we lost the other day, and nothing. It, it's disgusting how we treat our military, our veterans. Um, it's unfortunate. You know, some of it, I think, goes into the liberal indoctrination that's in the schools. That's just, you know, in the media, in Hollywood, that people don't understand that every time they flap their gums and say something stupid, that their right to do that was paid for by the blood of someone they didn't know. Um, that's one of the things that gets me really worked up. I'm, I, I, I honestly, with, I feel like for every Marine lost over there, we should have to send 100,000 liberals to go live there. I mean, even Bill Maher at this point is turning on the liberals and the Democrats. But regardless, you know, it, it, it's terrible, you know, and I, I, I think Biden resigns or gets overwhelmed or they off him. Um, I don't think any of us really thought he was he's going to finish his first term. Um, you know, it's clear that adversity is something his administration is not suited to deal with. So imagine all the issues we'll have in the coming years if he's still around. You know, you tell yourself 2024 can't get here quick enough, but it's still, you know, three and a half years. A little less than, but you know, wh where are we going to end up? I mean, assuming we're all still here, honestly. I mean, think about it. we have a huge portion of this country that is lining up to surrender their liberty, and they're so brainwashed that think people who don't feel the same as them are selfish. They think we're all crazy conspiracy theorists. And I remind people every day that there's never been a time in history when those who were forcing compliance were the good guys. Ever. And I assure you, this isn't going to be the first time. You know, to me, compliance has to make sense. It has to be responsible. Mask and vaccine mandates, they're stupid. They're dumb. Masks were stupid the first time around. They're even dumber now. They don't make sense. There's no need for them. And neither is going to change the outcome of anything. You can throw all the made-up science you want in the air. It, it, it's not. Um, if we continue to allow this much control over our everyday lives, you know, it, we're, it, it's just going to get worse. You know, it's it just, you know, I, I think, hear me out on this, and I may be, this may be a reach, and I hope I explain this in a better, maybe I articulate this well. I think if we're really going to take a stand and we want to challenge things and we want to show that, you know, we're serious, we're not going to be shut down, we're not going to be mashed up, we're not going to be jabbed. There's a portion of the population we need to understand, we need them to understand and be on the same page with them. For what's going on and, and I honestly I feel like it's the black community and I'm being serious they're one hear me out they're the least vaccinated portion of the population 
they're way more affected by the virus per the numbers but honestly who knows if those numbers are legit or where honestly where the black community stands on any of this um why do i say the black community not like we don't have things in common and i don't see us but i feel like they have a commitment to rising up that i'm not seeing from other conservatives um you know and i don't know how to say this without not making light of but they are very good at knowing you know instilling in themselves in large groups that hey enough is enough and they're ready to fight an establishment and i'm not saying i agree with everything they stand against but they don't just sit there on their asses and take it you know when they've had enough they've had enough and i'm not advocating blocking streets burning auto zones i'm simply saying we need to have people who have strong conviction and will fight back because right now we don't have that you know it, it's just a lot of oh fuck you or you know everyone filming each other on their phones making tiktoks cussing about what they're not going to do or going to stupid um school board meetings and it, it it's all a lot of talk it's it, it's it's a lot of misdirection it's smoke and mirrors you know and i've always thought you can say more with a punch in the mouth than you can with a well-written speech. You know, I don't always believe the pen is mightier than the sword, although you could stab someone with both. Don't get me wrong. But I think if we find some way to send a message to be more than just, you know, more than just, maybe more than just a guy behind a microphone, um, to... You know say this is dumb this is done we're not you know in fight you know and, and maybe there's that stigma you know i think that's a lot of it is there's a lot of people sitting at home right now that are like fuck this mandate fuck these masks fuck these people that want me to do this and that but but they won't tell those people to their faces even if those people are their family their neighbors there's people in my family that are you know covid they're they're fucking idiots like it is what it is you know um I'll, I'll tell you straight up, I don't care. I'm not going to pretend to be something, you know, I'm not going to hide my values for the sake of how you might see me or judge me. And I think a lot of people do do that, you know, and I think you see that more from conservative people than you do from, I mean, look at liberals have no problem going out into the streets or on TV anywhere and just being a fucking idiot jackass because part of it is a mental disorder. So, you know, it's kind of like the guy licking the window doesn't know he's licking the window. It's just instinct and action and he's acting upon it but um yeah honestly i i don't know i feel like you know before you know we're talking about healthcare workers getting fired but then all the hospitals are short-staffed and they don't have enough people and they don't have enough beds you know and all that stuff which a lot of that's not true but you know for every hospital that's overcrowding there's 10 more that aren't that have nobody you know there's i saw a new story on a hospital in austin where the guy there was nobody there you know and they were saying they were cat they were categorized as an overcrowding hospital um but yeah so it just gets to a point where you know it has to become more than words 
and like you know I said before it, it could get scary I mean it, it is what it is nothing worth having you know you're gonna have to fight for it but I feel like we have an administration now that has no accountability no direction no plan no clue um, you know and we're all just fighting amongst each other and it becomes like there's no point in arguing with your neighbor about them. I mean, they don't have any fucking power. They're just some jack wagon. They're a spoke in the wheel just like you are. It, the fight has to come to the people that, you know, are trying to force us into things we don't want to do that aren't, you know, that aren't right, whether it's jabbing your kid. Pull your kids out of school. I mean, there's a lot of online options. There's going to be a lot of unemployed teachers that will be more than willing to homeschool your kids. You know, I know everyone can't homeschool their kids themselves because they have to work. But, you know, those options are out there. Um, to end on a positive note, because, you know, we don't want to be so downtrodden and angry, which actually I'm really not. I'm actually in a good mood tonight. And I'll be honest, I was kind of like, I don't know if I was in the mood to do this, you know, because maybe I wasn't worked up. Maybe it's because it's Sunday, so I got to work tomorrow. Um, we decided to adopt and keep Colby, the little beagle. Uh, she actually goes in for her spay tomorrow, so it's kind of a big day for her. Um, once that's done, we can actually adopt her and it becomes official. It, uh, you know, you can't, rescues can't adopt a dog out that's not been spayed or neutered. So that's just kind of, as far as Wisconsin anyways. But, so that will be three months for us. Um, she fits in really well. She's got a stubborn streak. Um, you know, Beagle being a breed we're not uber familiar with. So I think there'll be a learning curve there. Her and Ellie are pretty inseparable. We didn't want to take that from her. From either one of them, I guess. And this was just one we, I think, between Kai and I, we just couldn't let go. So, yeah, Colby will be, her name will be K-O-L-B-E. It's kind of a tribute to Chloe Dog, who we lost a few months back as a family. Uh, it was my in-law's dog, but we all miss and love Chloe Dog a ton. And people, are, I'm probably going to get yelled at for talking about her because they're going to listen to this and be like, why did you do that? But I don't know. I think about her all the time. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, all I got. We're going to go in a sports direction. I know people hate that. Uh, I believe it's next week. Andrew said we had to do it. We're going to do another NFL preview at episode um we'll talk about you know fantasy uh football i, I can't tell you i have kept up i mean I, the aaron Rodgers drama the packers went oh three in the preseason which the preseason's stupid pre like preseason football so terrible it's so dumb i don't even know why it exists um it's pretty much watching a bunch of guys you've never heard of, or you see some guy and you go, oh, that's what happened to that guy. I remember when he played blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, so um, Andrew's going to do the AFC this time. I'll do the NFC. Um, hopefully Frank Gore will be on a team before then so we can talk about how much we love Frank Gore. Um, that's all I got for this week, folks. Um Hope everybody has a great week. Check out the uh, website. Get yourself some merch, tumblers, pint glasses, t-shirts. Hats are coming. I promise they're coming. The material is just like everything else. The supply chain is Turd City. So um, everyone have 
have yourselves a great week. What better way to start your week tomorrow morning, maybe on Monday morning, than listening to this on the drive to work or sitting at your desk when you should be working and enjoying the lovely sounds of my voice. Well, that's all I got, so drink up, be well, we'll see you next week.